What is evolution? A lot of people think they know what evolution is, but perhaps they only know part of it, the survival of the fittest part. But is that really true? Well, yes, there is nuance. Evolution is a logic process. It is the second order effect of individual events. It's the same thing as statistical probability. It is counterintuitively predictable for large populations, but cannot be applied to the individual. So where does the survival of the fittest apply, and where does it not? Coelacanth, 420 million years ago, and Pandorichthyus, that evolved from it 5 million years later, can show us this. The Coelacanth is an amazing fish. Over time, mutations have led it to having eight fins over its body, all in the three-dimensional space that is the ocean. These fins mean it can move in any direction, effortlessly. When you are a drift hunter, like the coelacanth, you're going to outcompete those fish that can only thrust forward and have to turn with their whole body. Within an environment, if you have a beneficial mutation, change that makes you best fit for that environment, you will survive better, and over time, that trait will travel across your population. Populations that don't have this will dwindle. So you have the animal and the environment. Survival of the fittest regards change to the animal, but you can also have a change to the environment. Remember also that at the beginning of the Earth, there were no land animals. So you're a drift hunter, and you see a recently deceased fish, and the waves push it up a beach. You can go get it. However, as the top of you pokes out the water, your upper fins become useless and any fins you have that push against the top of the water will find part of that pressure shooting out into the less dense air, meaning they will work less well, less efficient. Additionally, any fins on the bottom will be able to push against the more dense beach because it's solid. So a drift hunter on the beach will favor those with lower fins. Now the thing to remember is all these advantages go away as soon as you go away from the beach. So any chance variation that benefits a beach hunter will then disadvantage that hunter in deep water. This is what makes them different environments. We also get a feedback loop where any subset of the population that has a mutant change that makes it a better beach hunter will survive better if they choose to hunt on the beach. I mean, obvious, right? And likewise for deep water. So as both types of fish within the same population do better in their environment, we get the beginning of a species divergence. The beach fish would be a niche population that over time logic and physics will play out the fins will lower and become leg-like. Now some basic physics. The most stable standing structures must have a minimum of three legs. And why do we care? Because being stable is energy efficient. Now if you're not just a stool and you want to keep moving, in order to maintain a minimum of three points of contact, you actually need four legs, one moving, three down. Combining with how genetics copy themselves, which tends to be through duplication and mirroring. Ultimately, the Pandorichthyus evolved from coelacanth to become the fish precursor to the four-legged amphibians, all land animals, including lizards and mammals. And because it's a different environment, the Pandorichthyus did not wipe out the coelacanth. An important note on evolution is concepts like species are entirely human, as we like to bucket things so we can treat them more simply. There is no evolutionary definition of a species, and it's not in the genetics. Historically, we like to do it based on physical features, such as the difference in look between a lion and a tiger. But this is entirely a human arbitrary grouping. We've also tried to use genetics by defining species as one that couldn't mate with another and produce offspring. I mean, a badger couldn't mate with a bird and 
have some sort of horror movie baby. But the problem with this is that by this definition, a lion and a tiger are the same species, as they can produce a liger. And you should look up some videos if you haven't already. This method of categorization is flawed, as the only genetics concerned are those involved in reproduction and not all the rest of it. The lion and the tiger are evolved for their own environments. And if you think about the fact that you're choosing the reproduction category of genetics, that is also really just an arbitrary human categorization. So as always, reality is a big spectrum full of nuance, which is entirely normal. But we, as humans, like to call that messy, as our own species, whatever that is, is limited to holding a few concepts in our head. The best thing you could try to do is not always categorise. The odds are, the Pandorichthyus either entirely evolved out of existence, or were wiped out by carnivorous lizards later, or something. Pandorichthyus, as was, may have gone due to the survival of the fittest, although from a certain point of view, it is survived by all the land animals, including us. But it didn't wipe out the coelacanth. So when did the coelacanth become extinct? Well, it didn't. It's still around. And those are videos you need to go look up. Catch me on Mastodon. By the latest check-in, I have 93 followers. Also on Patreon, The Animal Machine, or on SoundCloud. Please say hi. Let me know that you like this. Any feedback's welcome. And share and like, and all the rest of it. Thank you for listening.